Hello friends and welcome to this episode of On Grace. However and wherever you are listening, I am very excited to be joined once again by the Timon and Pumbaa of Broadway United Methodist Church, Mr. Wayne Hunter and Wendell Van Valen. I know you all are big Lion King fans. I heard you uh, singing Hakuna Matata as you came in today. That's a lie. <laughs> what language is that? Is that Swahili? Is that what it's supposed to be? I think. I mean, I think so. I, I don't know. I think I, so. I'm, I'm not, not sure. Oh. Yeah. He didn't say anything about our grass skirts. I'm really appreciative <laughs> of that. Of course, we're sitting with our bottom portion behind the desk. Right. So he couldn't see them if he wanted beautiful if grass skirts. If he wanted skirts. to. Yeah. Jason, sit down. You don't know. Just sit down. <laughs> you know, sometimes I try to paint a picture for our listeners. And in this case, I'll erase a picture. I'll erase a picture. Yeah. I sense your gag, gag reflex just kicked in just a little bit there. My um, think about us in grass skirts. Just no. think about it. <laughs> I mean, I like y'all, you know, but not. Yeah, it's just kind of. It makes noise when we walk. It's getting better, isn't it? I don't. I'm, I mean, I might. I might go back and delete this whole thing here. <laughs> I, I would suggest that <laughs> and restart. Restart. Yeah. Reset. Well. Uh, See, we knew you, you were going to have to kick it off today. So it's like, okay, let's put him on the spot right. and see what he does kicking it off when we've made things totally awkward. I'm kind of speechless because, like, I feel like you, you know, gave me that picture in yes. my head, and now I can't get past it and move on. To yeah, like you calling us Beavis things. and Butthead and all that stuff you call us. Uh-huh. So now we've got you on the ropes. <laughs> Big time wrestler. There was just Show as, us your killer move. There's just as much love in what we did to you That's, as what you do to us. I appreciate correct. that. I appreciate that. This as, is uh, correct. <laughs> that was a good cop, bad cop thing there because Wendell was like, we got you on the ropes. And Wayne's like, but we do it in love. That's right. <laughs> He's got his fingers crossed by his grass skirt down there. Yeah. <laughs> well, friends, um, we thought that it would be helpful to engage or to parse through as much as possible one of the oldest emotions probably in uh, history uh, one of the first emotions that we encounter in scripture there's the good creation then there is the fall and immediately after Adam and Eve according to scripture are kicked out of the garden um, Cain and Abel step onto the stage and very soon thereafter Abel is carted off uh, because Cain becomes angry and kills him. And there's this um, kind of interesting exchange between Cain and God. Cain gets angry after uh, his sacrifice is kind of kind of not necessarily rejected, as if I remember it right, but not ce- as celebrated as Abel's was. Yeah, I think it's true. And um, and I think Scripture says, and his face was downcast, and he was angry. And then God comes in and says, why, why are you angry? And, um, you know, if, if, if you do what is right, you will be accepted. Right. And then uh, Cain goes and does not do what is right and, uh, and, and kills Abel. Of course, that's not the last time we encounter anger in Scripture. There's also um, like an act of terrorism where Samson, you know, ties yeah. torches to foxtails and sets the whole Ding Dang City on fire. Um, Jesus gets angry in the New Testament, flips over tables. Uh-huh. Um, 
So in the course of your lives and saturated with the wisdom you have accrued over load these many years. <laughs> Say loathe. Loathe, no, no. <laughs> loathe, yeah. Loathe these many years. Loathe these many years. How do you navigate uh, the space between anger and grace? Is anger a reality uh, that, we, that we just have to deal with and figure out a way to make it constructive? Um, or as we hopefully become more and more saturated with the Holy Spirit, anger becomes um, recontextualized or re-understood, maybe becomes less of a thing in our lives. I know you two gentlemen are very hot-blooded. <laughs> hot, hot-blooded men. Back to grass skirts. There you go. Yeah, make noise when you walk. Don't forget that. Uh you want to take go first? You want me to? No, won't you do? I think I have a bigger <laughs> issue with anger than Wayne does. Wayne seems pretty chill. Yeah, Wayne's pretty chill. Yeah, um, too old. We're the same age, dude. <laughs> Just not an excuse. If it was, I'd use it. Uh, to to me, if it, when when an issue becomes really large, I do the the chicken thing, and I fall back and punt and start to philosophize. Instead of having to grab the bull by the horn and deal with it practically, realistically, I try to, you know, figure it out philosophically, psychologically, psychologically, not philosophically, maybe slash both, I don't know. But where I am now, which doesn't mean it's right, but where I've, because I have struggled with, uh, when I introduced myself in Pathway, I introduced myself with one of of my issues not being anger, but actually rage, because um, I've had some some uh, not towards anybody but I've had some anger that I knew was boiled over the top inside me throughout my life just uh, flat flashes not long periods of time so I understand anger and I understand rage but the way I've I've tried to figure it out was if if I'm angry if my ego is invested in the issue that anger probably needs to be healed. It's because what has happened has triggered something in me that reminds me of a time in my childhood when I was hurt. And so I don't just react to it, I overreact to it. My ego's all invested in it. You have threatened me, you have challenged me, you have questioned me, you have judged me, you have whatever, and I won't have it. I won't stand for it. So boom. So is it safe to say, like, are you saying that are you drawing a connection between anger and, and pride or like your own sense of self? Not just pride. Expectations. Okay. I expected such and such and I got that. Got something else. Or I built something and you tore it down or you critiqued it or you made fun of it or you re- ridiculed it or whatever. I had an idea. You said it was stupid. Sure. I mean, it can go so many different ways. Yeah. But that, I think, needs to be – I mean, if I lash out at somebody, of course, I need to make amends. But then I also need to find out – Where's the trigger, and why did it get triggered? And try to connect the dots so I can find some healing. On the other hand, I think if you are not angry at social injustice in any form, when somebody is dehumanized and you are not angry, there's something wrong with you. There's no ego invested yeah. in that. I, I think God gets angry at that. Yeah, yeah. And Jesus does. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I th- that to me is the dividing line. 
And that sounds oversimplistic, and so I'm probably missing some things, but that's kind of how I look at it. In my, that's how I deal with it in my own life. Yeah, I think that there's that sense of having your expectations unmet or, or challenged. Uh, has to, our anger is aroused by that. And I think for me, it's a it's a defensive mess, m- measure, uh, either de- to defend my reputation or to defend myself, uh, because I tend to uh, let people. Uh, I don't know, run over me, or I don't tend to take to stand up for myself very well. And so when it gets to the point where I'm angry, it's because I've let people push past those boundaries uh, that I should not, that I should have set earlier. Uh, and and so when they get to that, that close to me and I feel that threatened, then I become angry and I strike out. And I really think it, you know, your second point there about social injustice is an important uh, indicator to us of where our anger comes from. Do, am I as angry about other people's having their boundaries pushed as I am my own? Uh, or, or is it pretty much just angry about how my own expectations and boundaries are being exi- are being invaded or violated rather than other people's? Hmm. I, I like your picture of your... It's like, it's like if you get backed in a corner... Once they get so close, right? And I think everybody's corners are a little bit different. Yeah. Some people have bigger corners. Right. Some people have very. You have to get right up on them before they'll snarl at you. Yeah. But it's it's. Uh, I think everybody's a That's little good. different. That's good. Yeah. I think there's another kind of anger too that we don't talk about, and you maybe didn't want to go this direction. I don't know, but you you know the old primal instincts, fight or flight. The fight is what we're talking about. That kind of anger, but. The flight, a lot of people, when they flee from an issue, they flee inwardly, and so they have shame. They have self-loathing, which to me is just anger turned inward. Instead of outward, it's turned inward. I hate myself. I want to harm myself because I'm a piece of no good, you know what. Yeah. And so I think anger is the response, whether you fight or flight, it's, it's just pointed in a different direction. Yeah. So people who say, well, I'm not one to get angry. Well, who are you getting angry at? Right. You may not be getting angry at the person in front of you, but you're getting you're hating on yourself right now. Yeah. So what's the difference? Right. It's anger either way. Right. Yeah. Wayne, you talked about anger as revelatory or illustrative of um, am I as angry when others suffer right. as I am when when I suffer, mm-hmm. I just I just thought that was pretty pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think I think there's that uh, we have this sense of things that we have rights to that we deserve, and I, I think it's human nature. We we are much more aware of those when it comes to ourselves than we are to others, and that's something that has to be cultivated. That sense of uh, of being aware of other people's rights. And that's part of what grace is, I think, is, a, is an awareness that other people have just as much right to life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness, or whatever you want to call it, just as much right to dignity and sense of worth and opportunity to have their voice heard as I do. 
and and so my anger is when I'm misunderstood or when I'm uh, not heard or when I'm forced into a position that I don't want to be in and and so how do we develop that empathy that that's that being present with people in such a way that I feel for them what they feel for themselves kind of thing I think is is one way that our, that our grace and our anger can be righteous if if we want to talk about righteous anger we can but before we do you were describing you were very close to describing the plot of one of the great movies of all time a time to kill starring matthew mcconaughey and samuel l jackson Mm. one of the great films matthew mcconaughey plays jake brigance (laughs) and he is the defense attorney for carl lee haley carl lee haley carl lee haley and Carl Lee's daughter uh, is um, kidnapped and, and raped, and then he kills the dudes. Right. Remember this? And so he goes on trial yeah. for their murder, and then Jake Brigance, Matthew McConaughey, s- does, does the closing argument, and he's like, imagine, you know, yeah. imagine this happens and this happens, and then one of the great lines, and now imagine she's white. Because cause Carl right. Lee is a black man and right. it's an all-white jury. Yeah. And so he kind of works up their anger, yeah. you know, at this injustice and then... Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's good. That's good illustration. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 And really, grace brings us to this place where we can empathize. Right. Where we can get inside the other guy's shoes at least more than we used to. Right. Should. And 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 we can, yeah. yeah. We realize that we breathe the same air they breathe, and we yeah, and eat the same food. And yeah, you know, in the in that first story you're talking about with Cain and Abel, that's kind of where uh, Cain is the opposite of that. He says, "You know, am I my brother's keeper? Yeah, am I supposed to know what he feels or what's going on with him? Yeah, you know, is that really my responsibility?" And God says, "Well, yeah, kind of, yeah, yes, yeah." <laughs> Yeah. The whole the whole rest of scripture is it's right. Yes, yes, you are. You are your brother's keeper. Well, that that story really is is the two extremes of one continuum. You know, if you think about this this passionate empathy toward people, and then the total absolute disregard for humanity. Yeah, hmm. you have. I mean, that paints, and it's interesting that that would show up at the very beginning of the whole uh, right. whole big story. Right. Yeah. If if humanity is going to work. One of these is going to work. The other one is not. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. We've been trying to sort that out ever since, I think. Yeah. What it, what it means to 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 be our brother's keeper. Yeah. To, to put ourselves in their place. Yeah, this is a little bit of a rabbit trail, but you, you read that early story, and it's almost like God is helping them discover what it means to be human. Yeah. You know, they're, they're just right. what does it mean to be human? And it's interesting that that would be one of the very first lessons yeah. taught. Yeah, and you know, it goes back even further than that where he sees Adam by himself and he says it's not good for man to be alone. And and so how does that play out? Well, Cain says, you know, I want to be alone. I don't mm. want to be my brother's keeper. Yeah. And God's and already that, said that's not a good that's situation. That's not good, right. And yeah. So here's yeah. Abel trying to, Cain trying to And, you know, anger... It. I'm sorry, I interrupted. You. That's all. Uh, anger, a lot of times, is it, it gets pretty fiery when somebody 
feels by their own decision like the only person in the room. Life is supposed to go my way. And all of y'all are supposed to make this happen because I'm the only important person here. I'm the only person in the room that matters. So there's total disregard for empathy and identifying with the other humans in the room. So I'm the only legitimate human here. Yeah. So I deserve to get my way. And if I don't get it, somebody's going to pay. Yeah. It's not always the case, but oftentimes is. When would that anger be, not that anger specifically, maybe anger more in general, when would that be righteous anger? And how do you navigate that with grace? You can't stand by and watch a woman be abducted and raped. You can't stand by and watch a child be beaten senselessly. You can't. And if, I mean, if you have to use force to restrain the abuser, it may not seem gracious toward the abuser, but it certainly is toward the woman and the child. And it, it, I've never been able to feel real good about that, but I've asked myself the question, what would I do? And I thought, I ha- you have to intercede. If I have to punch the guy out, I, heaven forbid, but if I had to, I want. I'm gonna save the child. Right. And like I say, I don't. I don't. You've asked a question I can't answer. I don't know. Well, I th- if you if you can do something, and you don't, then are you? Where's the grace in that? But but are you complicit? <laughs> I mean, you're. Yeah. 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 So. I don't know. I can't. I I got myself the the one of. I'm not a fighter. I don't like to hurt people. But one of the few fights I've ever been in um, was because a bully was picking on a, a less than person at a youth camp one summer and I lost it. I just flailed on the guy. I felt terrible, but I thought I can't watch you bully him anymore. I can't. Was this a Ralphie versus Scott Farkas situation? <laughs> I have in no idea a, who. In a Christmas story, dude. Oh, Red Rider BB gun. Yeah. Oh, remember that kid with like the the coonskin cap, yeah, yeah. And the yellow teeth. And yeah. No, no, it was no, it wasn't. It was just I don't know. We we were well into the camp several days in, and it was just a running theme. And we, you know, you're assigned to rooms, so we we're all in the same room. And one night it was like that's it. I just lost it. And, yeah. And uh, pound, pounded him pretty good, but he didn't pick on the guy the rest of the week. <laughs> I apologized to him later because I felt sick. I felt terrible. Did but he accept your apology? I th- he he kind of came to his senses yeah. when I introduced <laughs> him to my right hook. Was he, was he scared not to accept <laughs> your apology? That's right. Yeah. Uh, there was a time when, um, as long-time listeners may know, that I was really into professional wrestling. <laughs> No. Yeah, yeah. I know that's hard <laughs> to believe. Um, and there was a a young man about my age that was uh, picking on my brother, who's three years younger than me. And so, out of a sense of, I'm sure righteous anger, I picked up one of those folding chairs. <laughs> <laughs> like that's how they that's how they solve problems. Right. Right. And um, I don't think I connected, but I think the threat of it was enough to uh, back him to, down. To, yeah, to scare right. him away. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I would, that was righteous anger. Now, uh, now you've given us a mental picture that we're trying to. <laughs> 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 uh, 
I would say that. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think that's right. I, I, yeah. I like the way you described it, picking on a picking on a less than yeah person. Yeah, who can't can't do anything for themselves. Yeah, because the anger is not in that case is not self centered. It's not self serving. Yeah. It yeah. is it it is it's essentially a case where your anger is deployed in the love of neighbor. Yeah. 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 Maybe that's the point Jesus is making when he encourages us to care for the the downtrodden and the oppressed. And sometimes when we if we want to be our brother's keeper, we have to choose which brother we're going to keep mm. and which one we're not we're going to oppose. And so maybe that's how we make that decision, which one is the least powerful, which one is the one who's being taken advantage of, and that's the one that we are to be the keeper of. Thanks for being a part of this episode of On Grace. My name is Jason Brown. I've been hanging out with Wendell Van Valen and Wayne Hunter. The three of us work together at Broadway United Methodist Church in Bowling Green, Kentucky.